Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we've decided to skip over to Disney+, Plus, one of the streaming services that we're going to be exploring over the next couple of months. Uh, and we're looking at a Disney classic, a film which we were probably going to be looking at around this time anyway. Uh, we're going to look at Mulan, uh, first released in 1998. Of course, there is a live-action remake uh, currently waiting release, uh, but probably won't be for another couple of months. Joining me to watch Milan, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Patrick Downs! Hey! How you doing, How's man? things? Good, good. Safely locked away in a bunker. How about you? Uh, pretty similar, yeah. The, the bunker is, is well and we have access to, uh, to Netflix and, and Stan and, and all the movies we could desire, so feeling good. Um. And that's it. That's all you need. Uh, Patrick, you have not seen Mulan. No, no, I haven't. Um, I'm not, I've never, I was never a huge Disney kid. Like I've seen most of them and I, I really enjoyed a couple, but um, most, yeah, for the, the, you know, a lot of them just kind of, I may have seen and then forgotten about them. And Mulan was one that I never, never saw. So, yeah, I missed that one entirely. Mm. So what are you expecting then from, from Mulan, given your knowledge of other Disney films? Well, well I'm expe- I, I, know, I think I know the basic premise. Mm. Um, you know, she pretends to be a man to join the army. And then, I guess, saves the day. I'm going to assume being a Disney film. <laughs> um, but not much. I mean, I'm expecting songs. I know that there's a, I know Eddie Murphy plays the funny sidekick, so I'm expecting, you know, a funny sidekick. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but that's, you know, that's about it. It's about all I can, uh, can give you. All right. And, I and really just, don't know much about it at all. Well, I mean, that's great. That's exactly what, what yeah. we're after. Um, just, just for a frame of reference then, in terms of the Disney movies you have seen, um, yeah. which one would you say is probably the one that you like the most? Probably Aladdin. Mm. Is one, it's the Aladdin's the first movie I remember, I remember mm. seeing in the cinema, um, and like ever at all, mm. and yeah, I just I think it's the one that appeals to me the most. I you know, I think being a little boy as well, it's a bit less, you know, there's, there's not as much of a love story to get in the way. Yeah, you know, there's the funny genie. You know, there's guys with swords. There's things to keep you occupied. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's Gilbert Gottfried as a parrot. It's it's everything. Yeah, you need. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think that's the one I would probably say is my favourite. Okay. Well, uh, joining us as our guest who has seen Mulan uh, back for a second week, it's Ellen Sears. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> How are you, Ellen? Yeah, I'm not doing too badly. 
I'm not doing too badly at all. Excellent. Yes. And uh, thank you very much for stepping in at the last minute uh, as our person who has seen Mulan. Oh, you're you're very welcome. I can't remember the last time I watched it. It was uh, probably a couple of years ago, but yeah, it's fun. So in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can people like Patrick who have not seen Mulan uh, be be expecting before they jump in? I think he pretty much nailed it with the, um, you know, basic plot line, which is that she goes to war um, as a soldier, like dresses herself up as a boy. There's a wacky sidekick and there's some songs. Like, I feel like that's, that's more or less the general vibe of the film. Mm. Um, I think this is, I think this is one of the last ones of the Disney Renaissance era because that started in 89, I think with the little mermaid and they released a film every year for 10 years. Um, one of which was obviously Aladdin. What year did that come out? Was it 92? Aladdin was 92, yeah. Yeah. So that, so that means that you were like, what, four when you saw that, Patrick? Yeah, yeah. Man. Depending on what time of year, yeah, it would be around four. Yeah. But, well, because I think we're the same age, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you said, yeah, the first thing I remember seeing in cinemas was Aladdin, I was like, oh, man, you must have been really small then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I, I probably was in the cinema before that, but it's the first one I remember. Mm. I, remember seeing, I remember seeing the Aristocats as a, as a little kid. Um, I, that was one of the first things that I remember going and seeing, but I feel like that was like a re-release thing because the Aristocats right. came out. going to say, like Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe I was time traveling. I don't know. No, I think they must have re-released it or something because I remember very clearly, I remember very, very vividly, I remember seeing that one mm. in the cinemas, but yeah. I, I, I don't think we saw a lot of films in the cinemas when I was really little. My first memory of going to a Disney film, um, and one of my first going to the cinema memories was The Lion King. Um, and I would have oh. been six, I think, when that Traumatic. came out. Traumatic. It was. Traumatic. Well, apparently, um, I, I don't remember this, but my, my dad has told me this since, that around the time of um, the regiciding uh, that happens uh, about halfway yeah. through, um, I s- apparently sensed that something bad was going to happen and apparently I really needed to go to the toilet all of a sudden uh, just so that I didn't <laughs> see what happened because <laughs> I was scared apparently. Your Steven sense kicked in. Yeah, I was like, oh no, there's going to be a major plot development. Gotta go we. <laughs> uh, but yes, so with all that being said, shall we watch Mulan? Yeah, let's sure. Let's, uh, let's give it a go. Okay, for those of you uh, listening at home, uh, load up those streaming services and prepare to bring honor to us all as we watch Mulan. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Mulan. And by we, I, of course, mean Ellen Sears. Hello. And Patrick Downs. Hey. So, Patrick, that was your first time watching Mulan. What did you yeah. think? Yeah. I thought that was really fun. Mm. I um, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it is fun. I, I, I'll be honest, yeah. watching, watching it this time, because I saw this one when it came out, uh, and it's been a while since I've rewatched it. I... I had a really good time. I, I was very yeah, much so enjoying I. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking back to if I did see it as a kid, I probably would have really liked it. But mm. I didn't watch it because, you know, sexism. And I mm. probably thought, it's a girl. I don't want to watch a girl. girl in it. Mm. I don't want to watch a girl movie. 
but I probably would have really <laughs> liked it as a kid. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. There's a lot of like death and war and stabbing. Yeah, a lot of lot of action, a lot of yeah. humor. Yeah, and yeah. it's also like, and also a lot of really fun sequences, like um, mm. you know, like that '80s style drum machine montage at the beginning. <laughs> is awesome and all the training montages it's great it's a really great movie i also really enjoy the songs in this i think the songs are really good and when we were watching it and when it gets up to the bit obviously in girl worth fighting for where it stops very abruptly and it's like oh and then steven made a really good point which was and now there's no songs in the rest of the media i went oh my god you're right no there isn't and it's like you said it's it's such a huge tonal shift and it's just executed so beautifully i think this is just a really excellently put together film mm. it's just really good it is um it, it skips along at a pretty quick pace um and mm. I'm, I'm always surprised how much is in this film every time i watch it because it is it's 90 minutes um but we go through you know a war but the war's really only sort of shown in a battle but it's kind of all you need like i think this is a really good example yeah. of a story being pared down to its most essential elements and still really mm. working. Um, and, and, you know, I think there's, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack. Um, as we've already mentioned the word sexism, we might as well talk about uh, one of the main themes of the film, which is sexism. Um, it is yeah. this, you know, this society, which is um, patriarchal, patronormative, and it's about somebody challenging that, that system. And I think, well, I, I think, I think, I think it's interesting being that this came out in 98. So this would have been in development in the mid nineties, which is when you had kind of like your big girl power, Spice Girls, like all that kind of thing was going on. So there was this big push towards, you know, um, women and girls embracing their femininity and not necessarily utilizing it as a weapon, but sort of, you know, that idea that, you know, equality of the sexes and girls can be powerful as well. That I, I feel like that had a really mm. big presence in that film if you compare um this film even to something like um little mermaid which um like i said in the beginning part opened out the disney like renaissance that 10 year Mm. period and this is right at the end of it the difference between ariel and mulan as a character is is a big Mm. there's a big gap there yeah absolutely there certainly is and um I, i i i do think it's really interesting that they chose to tell this story. And I think um, you're right, Ellen, in terms of looking at um, the roles of women in entertainment, I think in the 90s is a really uh, perhaps interesting frame to look at it as. Um, But I, I, I suppose it's interesting looking at it 20 plus years on and seeing yeah, gosh, where, where, I suppose where it stacks up. I mean, as, as a first time viewer, Patrick, did, yeah. did it feel um, as though it kind of jived with, I suppose, contemporary discussions around um, women in society? <clears throat> oh, well. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Just a nice, Tough easy question. question. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Well, uh, 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 don't worry, Ellen. I'll handle this one. Uh, okay, you do that. You do that. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. I, one thing, I, yeah, I guess one thing that I kind of thought was cool is that um is that she was a bit shit at being a soldier mm. at the beginning yeah you know like she had she had the the desire and the drive and all that stuff but she wasn't great at that but um but just through perseverance and and mm. hard work I, I kind of like that I that was yeah like that was a really mm. that's just a good kind of 
you know, a, a, a good lesson to set for anyone. Mm. And then, and what I also really liked is that once she worked out how to climb the pole and get the arrow, everyone else started doing well too, mm. you know? Like it wasn't just her beating all the boys. It was like, she was kind of like a leader, you know, I really like that. I that was a really nice little thing. And I think you can probably tie that into, I guess, a modern or, you know, contemporary discussion around, oh God, I hope I don't put my foot in it here, but <laughs> around feminism and stuff in it. Like it's, it's not like kind of, it's, 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 it's three dimensional. You know, she's a, she's a, mm. she's a fully formed character who has faults. She works hard. She's not automatically good at everything, but she mm. gets good at things by trying. Um, which I think I've, you know, poss possibly in the past, I don't know. Maybe there would could have been a tendency to just make her a a badass, mm. you know? Yeah, um, I, I I think I think they kind of laid a little bit into make it the... two dimensional. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think they kind of leaned a little bit into those kind of Disney princess archetypes. Like there's the bit where she runs out crying in the rain and like leans on the yeah, pole and collapses yeah. and does the swooning crying thing. And I was like, oh, there's the Disney princess. Like I'm going to go and weep in solidarity in a corner somewhere thing. Um, but then from there, she kind of picks herself up and goes, right, no, I'm going to go do this thing. And then she works really hard to kind mm. of get to where she gets to. And I think it's interesting, the fact that you mentioned how she obviously gets up the pole and gets the arrow down. It's the interesting thing with her is it's not necessarily her brute strength or even though she, you know, does learn how to fight and she does learn how to, you know, be strong. It's her creativity and the way that her brain works is what yeah. gives her the edge. Like she's the one who thinks, okay, how are we going to, um, how am I going to get the arrow? I'm going to use the things. How am I going to yeah. defeat the Huns? All right, I'll get the rocket, but I'm going to point it at this thing and get, make an avalanche because otherwise we're all dead. And then the same thing at the end, I, I think that's beautifully exemplified by that lovely move that she does with the fan where he shoves his sword through and she snaps it closed and spins it around and is like, yep, I've still got ideas. Like I got yeah. your sword. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's really nice that you said there, Patrick, is um, that what, this film shows is what is achievable when everyone is kind of allowed to grow from from each other and i think that's one yeah. of the things that this yeah. this film does really well it doesn't necessarily delve into that kind of girls can do it too kind of thing it's it's more of a um when we all work collaboratively and together you can achieve these things um yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, tick for the sexism discussion. Now we have to talk about uh, Asian representations in Western media. Uh <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, we... And also, like, we are, the three of us are, like, as white as white can be. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so bear in mind, <laughs> we may not be fully versed in all of um, the Chinese culture, but, for example, one of the things that we, I think, all commented on while watching the film was um, the fact that there was... Mulan being put up in something that is what we would traditionally consider like a geisha type costume, which is more of a Japanese culture thing than a Chinese yeah. culture thing. I, I did have a bit of a Google Google image search um, just before we came on for this this little bit here and looked up just traditional Chinese costumes. And it, it is actually very, very similar to a kimono. It's not quite the same. The sleeves are a little bit different. And I know that her sleeves were... Um, obviously different to kimono sleeves, but I think it's just a, a sort of a similarity across cultures. I, I do think that this film kind of pulls a lot of um, imagery sort of throughout history. I, I, I was watching recently, I think you and I watched, Stephen, the um, 
honest movie trailers for this film and mm. they were kind of giving it a bit of stick for being like super generic Chinese stuff. I think some stuff they've gotten right and other stuff is just super generic and all over the place. Just yeah. this is vaguely right. Chinese. We're just going to put this in. I enjoyed their commitment to like the smoke shapes because from the very beginning, um, mm. they had the calligraphy stuff and the clouds, which is in that very um, recognizable art style. And then all of the smoke and fire and everything from there on in throughout the movie, if you actually look at it, it's still doing all those little curvy things in all the animation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. Um, the yeah. ca- the casting as well is is interesting because it's mm. it, it's an interesting mixture of Asian American actors and non Asian American actors. But looking for the cast list, yeah. it's it's I think it, it's a really interesting balance because on the one hand you've got um, Ming Na Wen who is the speaking voice of Mulan and Leah Salonga as the singing voice. Um, Ellen, if you want to praise Leah Salonga, now is probably a good time. She's great, and I love her. And I saw her um, on Broadway in Allegiance, which was about um, the World War Two, the Japanese American internment camps. And she was amazing. She's an amazing singer, performer. Oh my god, yeah, no, she was, and she's beautiful in this. She has an amazing voice, mm. and yeah, she was really good. Although she's she's um, Filipino, I believe. So, and that's interesting. We've got a, a mixture of um, mm. different parts of Asia in terms of the casting because I know that we've got a few actors who are Japanese, like. George Takai is Japanese. Yep, George Takai, uh, Pat Morita, who's playing the Emperor yeah. of China. Um, which yeah, is- who I didn't realise it was Mr. Miyagi. And then we looked up the cast list and I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Who is um, George Takai? George Takai is the first ancestor, uh, the big Uncle Phil looking oh, ghost. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One who goes, Mooshu. Like, I think yeah. it's just hard to tell because, <laughs> because we don't hear him say his catchphrase at any point. He is, yeah. he is actually just acting. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, James. And then, and then James Hong and then Eddie is Chifu. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got James Hong, you've got BD Wong. Uh, but then uh, you've got, yeah, Eddie Murphy, although he's playing the the genie role the dragon. in this film. He's playing the dragon. And yeah. the dragon, I think, is yeah. depicted yeah. as being a bit not of that world in the same way that the genie was absolutely oh totally i think that's fine yeah Yeah. again maybe again maybe i'm not a person to make that call or not but i think i think it works just fine like you say he's not Mm. he's not kind of he's otherworldly yeah yeah but but then to to counter that you've also got then you've got miguel farah as shan yu um now miguel farah uh was he the bad guy he's the bad guy yeah yeah. and right uh miguel farah is or at least was an amazing actor. He's sadly no longer with us. Um, but he is not um, of like the of Eurasian descent. He's not uh, someone that grew up on the steps. He's just playing a baddie. And I think it's yeah. interesting that, yeah, there the were a couple of characters they did that with. Also, um, Harvey Firestein as Yao. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> funny great. to hear his voice crop up. Yeah, he was great, but yeah. I was not expecting to hear Harvey Firestein. Yeah. yeah don't worry. Up in this one. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 great. I think they've balanced it quite well. Though, but... China. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um you know, there's only a, a couple like that. And and uh Miriam Marigoyles is the matchmaker as well. Um there's, That's there's, right. there's only a few which are kind of like sprinkled in. It is it is predominantly um an Asian American cast, which I think is almost surprisingly sort of modern from a from a film from the nineties to sort yeah. of at least have that kind of awareness around it, I guess. 
I feel like yeah, yeah. I feel like the I feel like the casting in that circumstance was actually pretty like not like not perfect obviously but also considering the time period in which it was being made the thing that more concerned me was looking at like the list of writers and the people who did the music and going well those are all white people with maybe like one or two people yeah who are actually of asian descent so and that's, that's always a, yeah yeah so that's a, that's a little disappointing but i'm also going it was 1998 i'm honestly impressed that they had that many actors who were of asian descent so yeah that's true but you're right about the, about the actual creatives behind the scenes as well and that's something that's still happening um, yeah for sure you know when you're dealing with stories that are you know, not mm. about white people it seems mm. to be an awful lot of white people are writing them and directing them and designing them and all that stuff and yeah yep still happening. you know what so we need you, to yeah you, you know what I actually was thinking of watching this though was, wow, you know, I don't think that we would necessarily have something like Moana if we hadn't had films like this to lay the groundwork for Disney, because yeah, I would, right. I, I would say that, um, I mean, we had after, after Mulan, I don't know that there was another, um, cause we'd already had Pocahontas yep. and I'm trying to think of, I think the next, um, Disney princess that was a person of color would have been Tiana in Princess and the Frog, which was like the late 2000s. And that's one of the very last mm. two, like 2D animation movies that they made. Mm. And then since then, the only two new Disney princesses I think they've had that haven't been white have been Moana, obviously, which was really a really good film. I really enjoyed that yeah, one. And the other one is um, Eleanor of Avalor, Avalor, I think it is. Which, and she's a um, Latina princess, and, but she's, she's got like a TV series. So she's not like a movie. I've never even heard of that one. Yeah. yeah no, I, I've, I haven't seen it, but I've seen like merchandise and things because, you know, I like going to Disney stores when I'm in cities that have them. <laughs> yeah. So just looking at the, um, the live, the live action Mulan, which is scheduled yeah. for release later this year currently uh, it was due to be out right now but obviously with um current pandemic conditions they've decided no one can go to the cinema Amen. so we're not going to release it um but Her, looking what? at yeah oh yeah it's this whole thing it's this whole thing patrick we'll fill you in later um oh, okay. yeah. that that is um you, you know pretty much it's just like anything on the news or anything it's... oh yeah yeah it's weird uh, yeah <laughs> Um, yeah so the t the 2020 mulan film uh, which is sort of based on this but is also more based on the the ballad of Mulan, which is yeah. the original text um right. it's it's not a singy songy happy film like other live action adaptations um i, I don't believe been, i don't yeah. believe there is a wise talking dragon anywhere in it for example um no. the cast list for that is pretty much entirely um actors of asian origin but the um screenplay team does still appear to be largely at least white sounding names um, uh, being involved in it. So I think that issue that you were saying, Patrick, of, uh, of the creative team still mm. not necessarily yeah. being super diversified might still be there. It's hard. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to see. You can't make assumptions, but you know, just by looking at someone's name, mm. you don't know what their background is, mm. but I think it's probably safe to say that, a lot of them would still be would be white. <laughs> yeah, well, the majority um, would be white. Well, two two of the screenwriters are Rick Jaffer and Amanda Silver, who are a husband and wife team. Uh, they worked on yeah. the recent um, Planet of the Apes films. They did screenplays for that. Right. Okay. So that's promising at the very least because they were quite good 
combat-based tales. Uh, but from anyway, what I've, from, from what I from what I've seen of like the trailers and the bits and pieces from it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good film. But yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think it'd be an interesting one to sort of compare and contrast to this one when it's out and be like, okay, so you know, obviously there's issues in terms of like race and can you have a mostly white creative team telling a story like this? Um, is it the same now for a live action sort of adaptation? Like, do we think that this is still something that works in this day and age or? And ultimately we won't know until we get to see the film. Um, Damn. I think that, that will be a big, a big part of it. Um, mm. But yeah, ultimately though, uh, Patrick, having now seen this version of Mulan, are yeah. you interested at all in seeing the live action remake? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd go see it. I mean, I'll go see pretty much everything as soon as we're allowed to leave our homes again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's definitely, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoyed the story. Mm. So it'd be mm. fun to see a, a different interpretation of it. Mm. I haven't seen any trailers I've... for it. I'm not much of a trailer watcher. So um, I haven't seen this one, but I'm going to go check it out when we finish recording. Mm. Nice. I also can I can I just can I just put a shout out um also to I love 2D Disney animation like the really classic 2D animation style that they used to do especially yeah. during this time period. Gosh, this movie's beautiful to look at. It is, isn't it? It's really and like, really like, yeah. really gorgeous. And the way that they the way that I talked a little bit about about how they animate like the smoke and the fire and things like that, but also the way that they animate the flowers, the kind of um stylistic stuff that they did i mean that that amazing shot where you've gone from all these beautiful bright and beautiful in the um the the town that milan's from and then you've got the camp and all those bits where they're on the um very like primary color backgrounds like they're fighting and they're up against a big backdrop of red or this or that or the other and then you've got the marching song and then it's like boom and you've got that village that burnt down and that imagery is so like harrowing and just like yeah. it's it's such a gut punch moment it's just so beautifully done and then by the end of it obviously you go to the um you go to the capital city and it's big and it's beautiful and you've got all the lights and the fireworks and just like this was all drawn by hand that's just yeah. it just blows my mind as somebody who is not much of a visual artist in terms of like i'm not really good at painting or drawing i look at this kind of stuff and i just go Wow, like that is—it's so impressive. Mm. And yeah, it really is. I think that's the thing that really stands out to me about Mulan. Having now discussed some of the, the big issues around it, um, this is a cracking little film. Um, yeah, it is. It's very—I mean, I'm—I I'm, love something that is not uh, longer than it is interesting. I always value something <laughs> that is—that that is, you know, figured out what its time length needs to be and nails it um, to the point where I'm. I, I really would potentially have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more in the film. I know they did do a, a straight-to-DVD sequel a few years later, um, and I've not watched that. But it, it was kind of like a story was told and presented a world that was was quite engaging and fun. And I have to say, the Huns are so brilliantly villainous. They're so yeah. scary. Yeah. They're yeah. so scary. Yeah. They're almost they're almost rendered in this kind of animalistic way. Like if you look at the main mm. bad guy, he's got like claws. He doesn't have fingernails, and he's got like sharp like vampire teeth. His eyes are yellow. Like he's got black 
mm. around the rest of his eyes. I'm like, this dude's got something seriously wrong with him. Like he's mm. got like the worst case of jaundice in the world. Mm. <laughs> it's um, it, it, it's interesting. And again, you could look at that and go, maybe that's not fair to depict uh, the people of the, that area no. of the world as being essentially yes. like the Uruk-hai. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But- there was a few Lord of the Ringsy type things in here. Oh yeah, you know, uh, you bow to no one when everyone bows to yeah. her at the end. It's that it, it did, did have yeah. that feel. Um, but yeah, aside from that uh, potentially sort of problematic depiction of the Huns, I did mm. find them in terms of as villainous entities, perhaps one of the most effective, if not the most effective, collection of villains in a Disney animated film. I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of one that is as as menacing. I was pretty mm. freaked out by Dr. Facilier in The Princess and the Frog mm. with all these little dancing voodoo things. Like those segments, I remember watching that in the cinemas and I was, I was a, a, a grown-ass mm. lady when I went and saw that. And even I was like, oh, damn, like this is mm. scary. Like for me, like how are little kids going to go with this? Yeah, yeah. Um, I- but like, you know, even even stuff like there's not a lot of like – big violence in this movie like scene on screen but you've got that beautiful moment where it's like how many people does it take to deliver a message just one and then a hard cut to black and the archer is pulling his bow and you're like they're just straight up just stabbing people you know yeah yeah mulan's got her bit where she's bleeding out and doing her thing um yeah there's some pretty heavy implied violence in this film yeah, I think that's and I think that's great, and it goes back into what makes the the Hun such great bad guys. Is for a mm. G-rated Disney movie, they don't really shy away from the idea of war. Mm. Yeah, and that people die, and they you know people kill other people, and there's sometimes there's blood. You don't see much blood, but you see a little bit. Mm. It's like yeah. you know that's that's pretty big for a you know a kids movie. For a kids movie, yeah, for sure. Part it, part of what makes the, them so scary, I imagine. Yeah, mm. I think it's the fact that they allow you to imagine them. Like, you don't see the big battle they have where they um, end up decimating no, the no. main army, but you see the aftermath. And, yeah, things like the wagon yeah. that's still got a wheel spinning or, like... Oh, it's so good. Yeah, just the burnt-out remnants of buildings and things like that. It is... Um, and that and that beautiful image of the little girl's doll. Yeah. Just left leaning up against the sword of... of um, it's his name, Shang, isn't it? The yeah, Lee Shang, his father. Yeah, Lee Shang. Yeah, mm. he, he, yeah, he puts his dad's sword and puts the helmet on top of it, and then Mulan adds the little doll, mm. and it's like, oh, like that's that's full on for a kids film. Like, geez. Yeah, um, Lee Shang's pretty fun. Um, just just gonna throw yeah. it out there. He's he's kind of fun in a has no personality kind of way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like he's, he's an of, army brat. Like, yeah. what do you want? <laughs> well, it, it, yeah. I suppose it's more that we don't really get built. to see. Oh he, boy! He, oh, he's built. He's yeah. a good-looking boy. <laughs> I, I think he's in top top five Disney hunks. Absolutely. Um, but oh, for sure. Um, he's. I, I suppose it's partly because this isn't his story. We don't really get to spend that time with him to find out what he's really like because he's in mm. cap, yeah. captain mode. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, he, we don't really need to. Yeah. Mm. He's like a lot of the Disney princes. He just kind of is there and fighting pretty. stuff and looking pretty. Yeah, yeah, like if you think about especially the early Disney princes, 
half mm. of whom don't even have names, like Prince Charming, like all those boys, they're mm. just there to look pretty and to <laughs> sort of be the reward for the princess at the end. Like really, that's what they're there for. Yeah. And um, bef- before we get to the trivia, um, Patrick, what, what did you think of Eddie Murphy as Mushu? Because he is kind of one <laughs> of the, the big draw cards of this film. Um, did, did you enjoy him? Yeah, I did actually. I thought it was going to be a bit of a Robin Williams ripoff. Mm. Mm. Um, but I mean, and I, and I think I think it's more of a inspiration from mm. you know, like he's not doing silly impressions. He's not going off on crazy tangents. He's just he's just making quips. Yeah, well, he's and being Eddie Murphy, and I think, yeah. I think that works really well. I think it does as well. He is absolutely just doing the Eddie Murphy thing, which is talking really fast yeah. and feeling lots of emotions really quickly. And yeah. it, it yeah. works and really well. And occasionally going into gospel stuff, because why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's but, all we got to do. <laughs> but I think they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they drew that out of him really effectively. Um, and it, it suited mm. the character. I think they absolutely had absolutely. a character yeah. that suited um, his, his temperament. And what could have been quite annoying on paper um mm. I, I i think actually works quite well um although I, I don't necessarily feel as though there is much connection between mushu and mulan like i, I, I like I, I didn't necessarily fully buy into when they kind of emotionally connect after she's been revealed to be a woman and he goes you know i'm not yeah. even meant to be here I, I didn't feel like that moment had particularly been earned but yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess you're right. I didn't really think about it at the time, but yeah, I, yeah, I can see what I can see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I guess like because I mean it, it's so obviously a an attempt to kind of recapture the genie mm. kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. And I think if you're comparing it, which is at least what, what I've been doing, if you are comparing it to the genie, like Aladdin and the genie spend a lot of time together, mm. and yeah. they, they they talk a, a lot. Mm. You know, throughout the movie, they really get really to know how they each how they think, what their relationship is like, and because Mulan is much more of an action film, yeah, less you don't get that. Yeah. Mm. So when we do have that emotional moment, it's like it's perhaps not quite as impactful because we haven't had that same build up because we've been too busy training to be soldiers and going through a battle and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah I take it's a, it's a, I can see what you mean. Mm. But still massively enjoyable, despite that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Would you guys like some trivia about Mulan? Let's do it. All right. For those of you listening at home, uh, this is where I source trivia from IMDb. So if it's incorrect, don't blame me. Uh, The first bit of trivia (laughs) is that Mulan touches her hair a lot because the animators noticed that Ming-Na Wen touched her hair a lot. Interesting. Yeah. So they tried to replicate the the, the voice actor's uh, movements within what she did. And I, I do have to say, um, the the animation models for this film are pretty fantastic. Um, mm. I know I know Ellen, you were saying that um the limp of Mulan's father was was pretty great. Oh yeah, it's so good. It's so subtle, but mm. it's like just there. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's excellent. One of the things I really enjoyed about this was the the way shadows were used mm. to communicate that. So when you saw Mulan's mother and father having clearly some sort of conversation and you can just see it through silhouettes and you see Mulan's mum just like leaving him um, and him being mm. upset and it's all just done through silhouette. It's, it's, it's pretty spectacular. 
Mm. I also really like the use of shadows when they've got all the Huns coming over the like top of the mountain mm. and like all the horses are thundering down and you can see the individual like hoof prints in the snow, but mm. you can also see the direction of the sun based on the shadows of the horses and the people on top of them. Like just, oh my God. Insane amounts of details. Yeah. yeah. And, and, he, and even in the sections where um, they're doing the training montage, say, and they're all fighting with the sticks, none of them are moving at quite the same rate. Like they're pretty close, but they're not exactly synchronized, which gives right. it that more kind of like, if you have a look at it, it makes it look more realistic because obviously people yeah. don't move in perfect unison. And these guys are moving in just almost perfect unison. So it just looks like that little bit more real, which is just so cool. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. It is. It is absolutely wonderful. Um, Fa is a Cantonese pronunciation of the Mulan family name um, in Mandarin. And I apologize as a non-Chinese speaker if I mangle any of these pronunciations. But in Mandarin, uh, the correct pronunciation would be Hua, which means flower. Hua Ping, which is Mulan's fake name, uh, means flower vase or just vase. And in China, yeah. an effeminate man is often called a flower pot. Yeah. Oh. So, it, it, yeah. I, I've, I've read that one somewhere before. So, yeah, it's kind of like a play on words. Hmm. Just, just love a good Ooh. little pun like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jackie Chan um, voices Shang <laughs> in the Chinese release. And he was also Shang's martial arts model. So they based Li Shang's movements oh. on Jackie Chan's. Okay, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. He also sang their version of "I'll Make a Man Out of You" and um, did very well. Uh, whereas, obviously, in the, he did. in the in the English version, it's Donny Osmond uh, doing yeah. his best. Um, That's right. There you go. Who would have yeah. thought that Jackie Chan could sing? Oh, he's I mean, got of a, course he can now that you know it. But <laughs> it's, it's Jackie Chan. Of course he can sing. Yeah, he's got yeah, a set of pipes it? on him. Apparently, so yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> uh, the film is also credited. Speaking of singers, with launching the career of Christina Aguilera. Um, yes, her, of course, because yes, yes, because she did the pop cover of Reflection. She that did just, right into my head. It's a good cover. Yeah, that cover. Did, He's an amazing singer. That cover went down so well, it landed her a recording contract at RCA Records. That's pretty wow. clever. Well, and the reason that she would have been working with Disney as well is because she was on like the Mickey Mouse Club or whatever. Like she was like with Britney Spears and there was a whole bunch of other like nineties pop stars. They were all on like Disney TV shows, like young talent time, but for Disney kids essentially in the nineties, like the late eighties, early nineties. And so that, that's how a lot of those singers got discovered. Mm. The more, uh, you know, <laughs> the uh, award-winning actress, Leah Salonga, who we discussed earlier, originally auditioned for Mulan's voice, but was deemed to uh, not be able to drop deep enough for when Mulan is impersonating a male soldier. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> she is still the singing voice, but that's why they hired Ming-Na Wen to do her speaking voice. Mm. Right. I love Leia Salonga. She's great. Mm. This is the only Disney animated film that uses the phrase cross-dresser, uh, and the film almost had to be rated PG because of the use of the phrase. Oh, really? Ooh. Scandalous. Based on the yeah, heaven forbid we expose the kids to that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there is also some uh, sort of subte- subtextual readings of this film, and um, particularly around Mulan uh, as being um, queer um, or, yeah. or basically just either bisexual or, or gay. Um, and particularly the song Reflections and, you know, all those yeah. things about concealing your identity from your if family. I, if, I, if, if I were to be who I really am, then I would break my family's heart. And then there's that bit where she's like, 
um, in Girl Worth Fighting For, she walks past all the girls working out in the fields and they all start like giggling and she's like, oh, and gets all embarrassed. Yeah, mm. yeah no, no there's, there's been a few people who've talked about that in kind yeah. of intervening yeah. years. Yeah, so and of course, the, the, the lovely meme going around the internet that LGBT stands for, let's get down to business. To business. <laughs> <laughs> to defeat, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Harvey Firestein was reluctant to voice the character of Yao because he had strong feelings about uh, basically being a white guy playing an Asian character and also about Asian actors mm. not being given enough roles. Uh, when he was assured that many um, Asian or Asian American actors were being cast as the main characters, he then agreed to play Yao. Um, so good guy, Harvey Firestein. And um, I, I'm also just... Did. I'm just really glad that we did get him in there because he has one of the best voices in, in cinema. He does. It's hard to go past that voice yeah. for, I mean, ever. But yeah, no, and he plays <laughs> that character good. very, very well. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was perfect. Uh, Chi Fu, the, um, the, the, the kind of diplomat that was wandering around and making reports and basically just being a bit of a bully, uh, his name literally means to bully in Chinese. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So they were just being very flat out with their naming in this, which is, um, which is quite nice. Uh, now, this film was originally planned as an animated short entitled China Doll about an oppressed and miserable Chinese girl who is whisked away by a British Prince Charming to happiness in the West. Disney, uh-huh. Yeah, Disney consultant and children's <laughs> book writer Robert D. Sansucci suggested making a movie about the Chinese poem, A Song of Far Mulan. And so the two projects were combined. And I'm very grateful that they were. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That first one sounds yeah, we didn't need awful. That first one. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> we were, we already have Pocahontas. Like we don't need another woman of color getting rescued by a white man. Mm, specifically, a white Story. British man. Oh God, that's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Danny Osmond, who sings several of the songs in the soundtrack, noted that his children ov- only ever really thought he'd made it when they found out he was working on a Disney film. That's fair. That's fair. That's like all the guys who were in Harry Potter because their grandchildren were like, you have to be in it or I'm disowning you. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's... Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mulan is by far the Disney character, heroine or villain, with the highest body count. Uh, the production team had drawn 2,000 Hun soldiers during the attack sequence on top of 2,000 horses. Uh, only six Huns survived the avalanche um, and one of them she later killed as well because she kills Shan Yu. Uh, this makes yeah, Mulan's damn. final body count 3,994. Wow. Good one. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's hardcore. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, she's, she's great. She's messed up more people with, with ice than Elsa ever did. Like, I think she's quite an underrated um, <laughs> combatant in that respect. But yeah. Holy crap. Um, there's a couple of actors who were obviously linked with various roles. Um, for Lee Shang, um, obviously we have B.D. Wong uh, doing a beautiful job there, but originally uh, one of the actors that was heavily linked to it was Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm glad very... they went the other way with that. Yeah. Come on, let's get down to business. We'll have a few laughs. Come <laughs> on, oh, good guy, be the hunt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad they didn't go that way. Uh, similarly, although I would have probably liked to have seen this more, Mushu, uh, one of the actors originally considered for him, was Joe Pesci. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I can see I that. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I still think I prefer Eddie Murphy, but 
yeah. I, I think yeah. they've definitely made a, a good choice there. And the final bit of trivia um, is to do with the baddies, to do with Shan Yu. Um, unlike pretty much every other character in the film, Shan Yu does not underestimate women. Uh, yeah. He also doesn't silence and belittle Mulan when they converse with each other before his death. When Mulan yeah. reveals that she caused the avalanche and came up with the idea to save the emperor, Shan Yu instantly acknowledges that she is both responsible and a far greater threat to him than Shang, so, which is why he abandons trying to kill Shang and tries to kill her instead. Mm. This is likely mm. because it is believed the Huns actually had several females within their military, many of the worst war crimes being committed by female generals during that time. And I feel like in the live action wow. one, the Huns have got a female like sorceress or something. Mm. Um, based on okay. the trailers, I'm pretty, and well, because that then gives like another like female perspective to it. I feel like she's getting pitted against Mulan in the live action version, or it's, it's something like that. Mm. Yeah. But I just think cool. that, that, that little nod to um, sort of the, the soldier the, from the mountains. Yeah. The yeah. cultural history is great. And yeah, the fact is yeah. considering, considering that the rest of the history is like very not aligned because the great wall of China, like didn't exist when the Huns were around and like, whatever, mm, yeah, like there's yeah. a lot of historical anachronisms here, but you know, <laughs> it's a fun movie. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I do like, a, I do like a baddie who is an equal opportunity baddie. Uh, yeah, yes, for sure. And, like, yes, and also, absolutely. it's, it's yes. consistent to his character as well. You know, when he says, the emperor built this wall, so he, I see that as a challenge. He's always challenged by those people in positions of power. And so when Mulan has gained this power, I think it's so great that his attention turns to her and yeah. he mm. doesn't yeah, care that she doesn't have a dick or whatever. He's just there, just like, nope, this is, this is what's happening. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. What again? Great, great Disney bad guy, and ultimately, I think just a really great Disney film. I, I had a really good time yeah, watching it. Completely. Yeah. So did um, I. Absolutely. So all that remains then is for us to score the film. And Patrick, you get to go Ooh. first. Uh, what score would you give Mulan out of ten? Out of ten, I reckon I would give it eight fake apple boobs out of ten. <laughs> Not the fake banana boob, which I was kind of weirded out about. Yeah. Just like an orange and a banana. Like, yeah. okay. That was a bit weird, yeah. Yeah, and also like like Harvey Firestein, who obviously voices that character, has been, done so much drag in his life. I kind of feel like that's, no. he, he, he'd know better. I know, with that, that, that improvised what they had, I think. I suppose, yeah. That banana, oh, I suppose that'll do. Uh, what about you, Alan? What score are you giving Mulan? Yeah, same. I'm giving it eight lucky crickets out of ten. I think this is a really okay. solid film. It, it's 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 like you said, Stephen. It's not longer than it is interesting. It's very kind of like to the point. It's got all the stuff. It's beautifully put together. The visuals are incredible. The songs are great. That tonal shift is like a huge gut punch. And that's I mean, like that's whatever my PhD thesis on. It's like what happens when you take the singing and dancing away from a musical. What effect does that have? That and it's just awesome. Yeah, no, mm. I loved uh, it. I'm going to concur with you both. Um, this this is a really great, solid film, and I'm going to give it yeah, eight absolutely. thirsty grandmas out of ten. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you want to stay for dinner? Do you want to stay forever? Yeah, she's a really oh, thirsty grandma. She really. She's was. got some great one line. She's a great character. It's and just again, so many great characters to tie it into Moana. Um, that kind of like rebellious yeah. grandmother character um, helping yeah. the the daughter of the strong man uh, kind of kind of archetype. It's, it's something that they've, they've done before, but they do it really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, she's- and interesting having that matriarchal kind of thing going mm. through with the grandmother and the mother and then the daughter, because mm. you've also got that in Moana. Same thing again, mm. grandmother, mother, daughter, and then the father figure who's mm. kind of like he is social. Funnel- yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, and the, the fact that grandmother is connected to the ancestors um, yes. because they wake her up, where it's like you know, Moana's yeah. gone. Um, yeah, it's. It is really interesting, but ultimately, yeah, this is just a really solid film um, that I think also scores points for not being as racist and sexist as we feared. Uh, yeah, back yeah. On it. Um, still, you know, could, there have, are, could have been a lot worse. Yeah, there are. There are say, yes, this definitely has its moments, but yeah, yeah it's, oh, for, for sure, the yeah. most part, it's okay. Yeah, there are issues, mm. but I think Mulan is something that we might still be able to watch. Yeah, some in, level in, of in another in another in another twenty years time, we're not going to be looking back at it and going, "Oh, this is totally unacceptable." Yeah, this is not like <laughs> unlike the, some. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not like the the the, the Siamese cats from Lady and the Tramp. Um, oh oof, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, uh, but yeah, thank thank you, Mulan, for not doing that, and thank you very much, uh, yeah. Ellen and Patrick, for joining me on this week's episode. Oh, pleasure. Oh, no worries. Hopefully, Thanks, the audience doesn't get sick of me two weeks in a row (laughs) well you know i'm sure they'll be fine hey audience uh thank you very much for listening in also they've had to deal with me for 150 odd weeks in a row so you know it's a good point um but yes audience thank you so much for listening in uh we really hope that you enjoyed this episode if you did uh you can leave us feedback on our facebook page just search for the cinema catch-up club on facebook and leave us a comment there let us know what you think of mulan uh, what you're hoping from the new remake, that sort of thing. Uh, we can also be found uh, on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify, any of those services. Make sure, sure that you're subscribed so you get fresh episodes each and every week. And of course, there is our Patreon, uh, where you can give dollars to us all. Uh, you can just search for us over at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.